We're going over Rhodey's tough week to end non-conference schedule in 8-10 play. What next week has in store for us in URI's possible potential path to the NCAA tournament for an at-large bid as that path gets very narrow. We have it all here, all for you, on Ballin' with B-Show. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of Ballin' with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. And Rhodey had a tough last week. They did not start off the new year, new decade hot at all. Talking about the non-conference schedule and how he had no bad losses on there. Well, Uri goes into Brown and gets embarrassed. A team that shouldn't even compete with a team like Rhode Island embarrasses the Rams in a stadium filled with mostly URI fans as Brown had the home game, although Brown ended up winning that game 85-75. to It was a terrible game. Rhode Island played just average. They played middle-of-the-pack, average, mediocre, whatever you want to call it, and Brown shot lights out. They went 13 for 28 from three, a 46.4% mark. They shot phenomenal from the field, going 27 for 57. Rhode Island's defense couldn't handle it for some reason against a not-that-good Brown team, around 47% from the field. And for the free-throw shooting was phenomenal for the Bears, going 18 for 22, an 81.8% mark, but turning the ball over 19 times. A solid amount by the roadie defense. They just could not convert those into baskets. Zach Hunsaker, guard, led the Brown Bears with 22 points. He went 7 for 11 from three-point land. Did not miss a shot, it seemed like. Brandon Anderson, the guy to look out for, did decent with 18 points of his own. And Temeneg Cho had 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists, just doing it all for the Bears. And Rhodey, you know, they struggled big time. Fats Russell had 25 points. Cyril Langevin had 12 points, 9 rebounds. And Tyree Smart had 9 points and 11 rebounds. And that was basically it. Jeff Downton wasn't hitting shots. Jermaine kind of slumped a little bit. Antoine Walker slumped a little bit. So did Jacob Toppin. It just wasn't clicking for the Rams on uh, Thursday night at the Pizziola Center. Rams shot 29 for 71 from the field. 4 for 20. That is an ugly number. 4 for 20 from 3. A 20% mark. And we're down way below their average of around 68% from the free throw line. They shot 61.9%. From the free throw line going 13 for 21 and turning the ball over only 10 times. But what happens is Rhode Island plays average and Brown plays amazing. And that's what causes an upset. And that's why URI got embarrassed to start the year off. Did not help the resume at all. Brown just another team that's looking for an upset win. Nothing, nothing to lose. And they went in and just smacked around Rhode Island. They had a 17 point lead at first. Um, at, at once in the second half until Rodon got back down to five uh, with around three minutes left until they hit back-to-back threes to make the score 75-64, to 64, and they just ran away with the game. Rodon couldn't fight back at all. It was a disappointing game to watch, just one of those ones you got to sit back and you got to rethink what's going on with this team. You had so much confidence, and the offense just dwelled. The defense dwelled. You 
I mean, I was I was, you know, shocked that they actually lost to a team like Brown, which is terrible. And I just had to, you know, reset and get ready for eight ten play when they played Richmond, give hope against them. But on Sunday they play Richmond and they lose in an embarrassing fashion. Less of the score, but more of the offensive play. Richmond shot 42.4% from the field, which is what URI usually holds their opponents to, maybe a little less. They went 28 for 66. They went 42% from three, which is not that good. Eight for Rhodey, uh defensive-wise, eight for 19. Only shot eight free throws, the Spiders did. They went five for eight, 62.5% mark, and turned the ball over only nine times, as well as the Rams, only turning the ball over nine times. But URI shot a measly 34.8% from the field, a 23 uh, for 66. From three, they shot, you know, 23%, four for 17, and their free throw percentage was a little below average at 11 for 17, a 64 0.7% mark. Obviously, the offense was not up to par as they did only score 61 points in a 69-61 defeat at home at the Ryan Center. First home loss of the year for the Rams. Tyrese Martin led them with 17 points and 12 rebounds. Jeff Down had 13 points. And Jacob Toppin in limited minutes had 12 points and 8 rebounds. For the Spiders, Nathan Kale led the charge with 19 points and 11 rebounds, recording his first double-double. Grant Golden had 10 points, 9 rebounds. Blake Francis with 13 of his own, going 3-for-7 from 3. And Nick Sherrod going 3-for-4 from 3, uh, racking up a total of 13 points. And just to make a note, round only scored 19 points in the first half. If you told me Rhode Island to score 19 points against uh, Richmond in the first half, I would have said they lose by 25, if not more. Because Richmond is an offensive-minded team, and to score 19 points is definitely not to match them. Rhode Island was around for a minute. Uh, they actually had the lead 9-2 in the early going of the first half. It kind of started slipping away. It was tied. They can hopefully they can go into halftime with a low-scoring lead. But nevertheless... Richmond went on a run at the end of the half, making it 30-19. to At that point, you thought Rhodey didn't really have a chance. They had to start making a lot of shots if they wanted to come back in this one. And they did score 42 points in the second half, but it wasn't enough to come back and defeat Richmond, who just held their own. Rodan also went down by 17 that game early in the second half, but they fought their way back to seven multiple times with eight, seven, six minutes left in the game. They just couldn't get stops when they needed it to. Only forced nine turnovers. Another um, con in the game. They didn't force enough turnovers. So not enough monumentum changing games. And it was just an embarrassing defeat, especially after the Brown game where they you know, got embarrassed by a subpar NCAA basketball team. And then they try to gain momentum, start A-10 play where it actually starts counting. Um, where these wins, you know, double and triple in importance. And they just come out flat. They don't make their buckets. I mean, they were missing easy runners, three-point shots that were wide open, you know, wide open elbow shots. It just all wasn't working for the Rams on offense, and it was disappointing. I haven't been this disappointed in a team that has so much potential in a while. And it really put a ton of emphasis on last night's game against Davidson. More like a, a, a must-win uh, against a team that, that was ranked number two in the conference to start out the year and now is just um, 
haven't been playing well at all in the Davidson Wildcats. But that Richmond loss is really demoralizing. So, you played Davidson last night, and it's basically win or your at-large bid is gonzo. Gone forever. Aaron Hernandez. It's like, you. this is a must-win game for the Rams at home, especially against a Davidson team that has the roster, but just hasn't been performing well. In Rhode Island, they held their own. That's Russell. Came off the bench. David Cox decided to sit him on the bench just to give him that spark off the bench as Rhode Island's bench got outscored by 20-plus points in the Richmond game. Fast Russell has scored 26. He went 10 for 16 from the field. Langevin, Top, and Downton all had 9 points each. They all, everyone basically contributed in this game. Um, Rhode Island shot 44% from the field. They shot 40% from 3, going 6 for 15, and 15 for 20 from the free throw line, a 75% mark, and only turning the ball over 12 times, a little below their average, which is good for the Rams, as they defeat the Davidson Wildcats at home 69-58, to an 11-point victory, which is huge for the net rankings, as they put the 10-point cap on that game, which gives them a little more boost in the rankings. I think they moved up from somewhere around 86 to 77, which is a good boost for the Rams. Davidson, on the other hand, did not have a good offensive game. Kind of reminded me of Rhodey's game against Richmond, just not as much points in both halves. Rich, um, Davidson, rather, shot 36.5% from the field. That's usually the, their three-point percentage, but that's what, they, that's what they shot from the field, a 23 for 63 mark, and man, they struggled from three, going four for 23, a 17.4% mark from the three-point um, range. They only shot 11 free throws, making eight of them, around 72, 73%, and they turned the ball over only 10 times. Rodon didn't force a ton of turnovers, but they did pull out a gut-clenching victory. At halftime, it was 34-30. to Rodon just got the lead back, and they, they went on a little bit of run at the end of the half, got to four points, and then basically... From 15 minutes in the second half left and on, they just expanded their lead until they got that 11-point victory. It's actually supposed to be around an 8-point victory, but Fast Russell had to shoot the ball at the end of the shot clock, hit a 3, actually helped us out so much in the net rankings. Could have been a termination between uh, 2 or 3 spots in those. So that 3-pointer three three from Fats that seemed like a joke at the end was really uh, crucial um, when it comes to those rankings, which uh, the selection committee takes into consideration. So it really was a big shot. Rhode Island just seemed to, when I walked in the stadium, I was a little nervous. But once Rhode Island got settled, started hitting a couple shots, sticking around with this Davidson team, and then took the lead, I had a lot of confidence in the team to do what they do and take care of business at home. So that was really good to see the Rams uh, do that after two terrible losses in a must-win game. They perform. Um against a struggling Davidson team. And, again, that game was really crucial to the season as it could be a turnaround for the Rams. But now, this week, upcoming, they have two games on Saturday. They go to the Siegel Center in Virginia to play VCU on the road, a very tough opponent and a very tough place to play, more life-altering than a 10-day trip to Europe. 
the Siegel Center is. URI's going in there with Fats Russell averaging 19.4 points a game, 5.6 assists, and 3.1 steals. I still think for Rhodey, they got to keep Fats Russell on that bench just so that they can have that spark. Even though VCU's got a lot of good guards, you can get Fats Russell coming off the bench and setting that spark and setting that bar. I think that will be very good for the Rams, especially because Toppin did start over Fats last game against Rich uh, Davidson, rather, and he did provide... You know, that versatility on both sides, offense and defense, with some dunks, put packs, a lot of rebounds, and just a physical man down low, being tough and quick when it comes to those types of things. Cyril Angevine with 10.5 points and 10.7 rebounds, averaging double-double, as well as 1.6 blocks per game. Jeff Downton with 13.3 points, and Tyrese Martin with 11.9 points. URI on the year is shooting 42 and a half percent from the field, 30.9% from three-point land, 68.8% from the free-throw line, and averaging 12.9 turnovers per game. But then you look on the other side of the VCU uh, Rams. They are 12-3 and on the year, led by Mike Rhodes. They're 2-0 in A-10 play, defeating Fordham and George Mason. They also have a win over LSU at home, but they do have losses to solid teams as West uh, Wichita State, who's now ranked Purdue and Tennessee, both teams who have been struggling as of late. But at that moment, they were hot, and they beat uh, VCU, and I think both were three-point defeats of the Rams in their tournament. I forget. Oh, I forget what it was, but it was a tropical tournament. Um, but VCU couldn't pull out any of those wins for the program, for the team. But... Nevertheless, they have a solid team, of course, led by the two seniors, Marcus Santos Silva, who have just 13.3 points a game, 88.7 rebounds, and shoots 61.4% from the field himself. And, of course, the guard, Marcus Evans, who went down in the quarterfinal match last year um, at the um, Barclays Center uh, against Rhodey in a game that Rhode Island, you know, upset the Rams, the one seed in the tournament, to go on to the semifinals to lose where they would end up losing to St. Bonaventure. Then also they have three-point shooter Durante Jenkins, who averages 10.5 points of his own. As a total, VCU shoots very similar to Rhodey, 43.5% from the field, only a 1% difference. They do shoot very decent from three, though, a 35.9% mark from three. They make their free throws 72.5% of the time, and they turn the ball over more than Rhodey, a 13.1% times a game now something to look forward to is that that havoc press defense as of late against Rhodey and um besides the match at the Seal Center last year Rodon got embarrassed by 34 that havoc defense that press hasn't really affected the Rams um as much as other teams have and what they're known for Rodon has broken that press pretty well in the last I would say six or seven games um so yeah if they want to keep pressing and Rodon wants to get easy buckets, I mean, I'll, I'm all for it. But they obviously are similar to Rhodey. They're aggressive. They steal the ball a lot. So if Rodon can win the turnover battle, uh, battle and turn those points, uh, turn those turnovers into points, that would be a huge factor for the Rams against VCU on the road on Saturday, as well as limiting um, VCU uh, at the three-point line, especially their defense uh, came in clutch against Davidson. 
playing very stout from the three-point uh, range. If they can do that against VCU and limit Marco Santos Silva's touches down low, I think it could be a close game and a game around could maybe upset VCU. And they just gotta turn the ball over a lot and turn those points, uh, turn those turnovers into points. Stop the three-point um, shots from Durante Jenkins and Marcus Evans and Marcus Santos Silva has to be stopped down low. He is a force, and if he gets hot, it could be over quick for you or I. And then they have their next contest on the road as well. They travel to Philadelphia, Fats' hometown, to face Billy Lange and the St. Joseph Hawks, led by Ryan Daly and Taylor Funk. Ryan Daly has been phenomenal for the Hawks this year. They, he's had a poor supporting cast. He led the St. Joseph's Hawks to a win on the road in Stores, Connecticut, against Dan Hurley's UConn Huskies in a game that was hilarious to watch Dan Hurley, who was very frustrated. He was flipping out all game back in November. It was a funny game to watch and also a great one. It, it was a 25-point lead I think St. Joe's had before he got shrunken and shrunken and shrunken. UConn made a comeback, but it wasn't enough in their efforts. St. Joe's, one of their three wins on the road against UConn, something to show that they haven't... Um, if they can shoot the ball, they can beat anyone. With that 2-3 defense they run, Billy Lange continues to fill Martelli's ways. Rodon needs to make shots from three. That's what needs to be hot. So does Tyrese Martin. If they can hit three uh if they can hit three pointers um at will, I mean, this game will be over in ten minutes. Rodon played St. Joe's a couple years ago and they hit their record of 18 threes, because that's what the two three defense does. It forces you to take deep shots, and if Rhode Island can successfully make those, it's going to be a game that's going to be quick and easy for the Rams. But I did say that against Brown, and they lost to Brown, and Brown stinks, and Uri, you know, shouldn't lose to Brown, but hopefully they can hit their shots from deep and defeat the St. Joseph Hawks. But again, Ryan Daly, he does everything for the Hawks. 18.8 points a game, leads the teams in rebounds with 8 points, leads the team in assists with 4.5, and leads the team in steals with 1 steal a game. And Taylor Funk, their other, um, you know, not really star, but name to know, he's been around for a while. He's averaging 9.4 points a game. But I found a stat that was pretty funny. He shoots only 33% from the free throw line. Like, Cyril Langevin doesn't shoot that bad from the free, uh, free throw line. 33% is just terrible. That's just terrible. I mean, I can't say anything else besides that. But as a total, they the St. Joseph Hawks only shoot 29.1% from the three-point line, 67% from the free throw line, and they turn the ball over 13 times a game. And really... Get the ball in the basket from the field. Only 37.5% of their shots, which is very low compared to a lot of other teams, which has probably led to their 3-12 and record and their 0-3 start in the Atlantic 10. I mean, Ryan Daly only shoots around 26% from three, so not that good at all. So he really goes to the basket. He really wants to get to the free throw line, gets to the basket, and gets some easy buckets If um, when he goes off. That's his really strategy um, on attacking defenses. But if... You know, we can get a good matchup on him, maybe Tyrese Martin, maybe um, Jeff Downton on him. I think it'll be hard. Um, I, I would say probably Tyrese should guard him because Ryan Daly is a, um, a, um, a bigger man and a thicker man for um, Jeff Downton to guard would be harder. He'd be easy to back down, but I still think Jeff Downton can do the job. I I think his defense is better than Tyrese, but size-wise, I think Tyrese should probably guard Ryan Daly, if you really lock him down, don't let him get to the basket and don't foul him and let him go to the free throw line a lot, I think Uri should be fine in this one as long as their offense is there to make shots from the perimeter. 
and that is their outlook for the next week. And after Brown, the Brown loss and the Richmond loss, I really, you know, did some research on what URI's schedule looks like and what needs to happen. So on this board or on this piece of paper I um, drew on, there are, you know, certain uh, symbols for the games they have. I put dots next to the games where they should win. I put dashes next to toss-ups and X's next to games where I can give. And the two, I only have two games I can give at the moment for Redown, and that's VCU and Dayton. Richmond would have been a toss-up game, um, in my opinion. But on the road against VCU, on the road against Dayton, if they can get one of those, that'd be huge. But if they don't get any of them, you know, they're good teams. They're great teams, especially at home. So if they don't win those games, I'm not as bummed about it as the others. Now, games they should take care of is at St. Joe's versus LaSalle against St. Bonaventure on the road. Um... Home versus UMass at George Washington. Home versus St. Joe's at Davidson. Seeing how they played against Rhodey, but they could get hot. At Fordham, hopefully they can win that one. Home versus St. Louis and at UMass. Um, I'm taking those games as games that they have to, uh, or should win slash have to win if they want to at large. And toss-up games we have are home versus Duquesne um, at George Mason. Home versus VCU and home versus Dayton. Not dating games, leading towards more of an X, but we're at home, and when Ryan's at home and playing well, anything can happen at the Ryan Center, as well as when they play Duquesne. Duquesne could be an overrated team, but they are 3-0 in the 8-10, you know, proving, uh, silencing the haters um, right now, as they did have two bad losses early in, uh, late in the non-conference schedule. So I'd call that one a toss-up. And at George Mason, uh, actually, at St. Bonaventure and at George Mason have, you know, become more toss-up games. Um... But I, I think if between Duquesne, St. Bonaventure, and George Mason, Rodon has to go two and three. Oh no, not two three. Two and one in those three games. And actually, no, no, no. Let me reset that. Against Duquesne, St. Bonaventure, George Mason, and VCU, in those games, they have to go th- uh, three and one in those ones if they want a solid shot at at large bid. And you know they can't lose to a, a UMass, George Washington, a Fordham, or yeah or St. Joe's, or LaSalle, or that would just kill their at-large chance. One loss would really just, you know, kill their at-large bid hopes. So, I can still see them going 13-5. and They just got to take care of business when they need to and win a couple of those toss-up games, and they're there. I know it's easier said than done in a hard conference, but this Rhode Island team has a lot more talent than people think. They just haven't been performing well as of late, but that Davidson win, I think, should help them out. Talking about A-10 play, it did start last Thursday. We'll go over the scores of the last week. Of course, you're right, did lose to Brown, but Dayton defeated LaSalle by 26, led by Obi Toppin with 20 points and 7 rebounds. Duquesne defeated St. Louis at home by 14. Marcus Weathers led Duquesne with 26 points, and Richmond defeated the St. Joseph Hawks by 32. Blake Francis had 23 points, and VCU won by 18 at home against Fordham. Michael Sims had 14 points and 8 rebounds for the BCU Rams as the player of the game. On on Sunday, on lost to Richmond by 8, 69-61. Nathan Kay, of course, with 19 points and 11 rebounds. Dayton defeated St. Joe's in a game where St. Joe's was uh, leading for a while until Dayton pulled ahead. I think I saw a stat that said it was the first time Dayton had won at St. Joe's since 2001. I think, or 2010, one of those. I think it's 2001, but that's a long time since Dayton has won in that arena. 
Trey Landers led the Flyers with 18 points, 9 rebounds. VCU defeated George Mason on the road in um, at George Mason, 72-59. to Marcus Santosilva went off with 2 blocks, 12 rebounds, and 26 points. And Duquesne won at home against Davidson by 7, 71-64. Carter Collins had 22 points for the Wildcats, and Michael Hughes had 14 points and 13 rebounds for the Dukes of Duquesne. LaSalle went on the road against the battle te- and battle tested themselves against the worst team in the conference, Fordham, and won by 6, 66-60. Isaiah Diaz led the LaSalle Explorers with 13 points. St. Louis won an OT battle at home, squeaked by um, against UMass at home. Hassan French had 19 points and 13 rebounds and 5 assists. St. Bonaventure went on the road and almost lost to George Washington, 71-66. Um, Osuni, he's back. He had 20 points and 9 rebounds. St. Bonaventure, 0-4 without Osunasuni, but 9-1 with him. A, fa- a, fact to, uh, a stat to look out for when it comes time to play the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. And then last night, Wednesday, Rhode Island played Davidson 69-58. Fast Russell, of course, with 26 points off the bench. Duquesne defeated St. Joe's on the road, 78-60, led by Sincere Carey with 14 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists, doing everything in that game. St. Bonaventure went back on the road and defeated George Mason by 12, 61-49. Osano Suni had only 8 points, but 18 rebounds. Really balled out in the boards. And Carl Pierre for UMass had 20 points. Going 5-for-5 five five from 3 and reaching 1,000 career points as UMass defeated LaSalle at home by 8, 77-69. And St. Louis won only by 5 at home against George Washington, 63-58. Jordan Goodwin led the Billikens with 20 points and 8 rebounds. Looking forward to next week, we got a good amount of games, especially uh, um, a good selection of games, I would say, is Rhode Island VCU on Saturday, as well as um, St. Louis travels to Richmond. St. Louis has been tested by some, you know, poor teams in the A-10. And they do play a solid, very good Richmond team. So hopefully St. Uh, Louis can actually pull up an upset for Rhodey there. And on next Tuesday, Richmond travels to Davidson in a big one, as well as VCU, who travels to Dayton in a game that should not disappoint um, at the UD Arena, that game on uh, Tuesday, the VCU Rams traveled to see the number 15th Flyers for a date at 8 o'clock on CBS Sports. I'm going to be locked in on that one. That one should be a good one. And then on Wednesday, Rhode Island travels to St. Joseph's, and UMass travels to St. Bonaventure, as well as George Mason traveling to George Washington and Duquesne hosting the unbelievable worst in the conference, Fordham Rams. Wow, we got a lot of good games next week with the A-10 and across NCAA basketball. If you want to talk good games next week, we got a couple for you, especially on Saturday. We got a lot of top 25 teams playing. Then in one game that is very intriguing is 11 Ohio State who has lost four of their last, I'd say, seven for their last seven, including a three-game losing streak, they're one and three in the Big Ten. They try to make a statement as they go to they go to University Park to visit the Penn State Nittany Lions, who are number twenty in the nation and two and two in the Big Ten. 
Number six, Butler travels to DePaul in a, a game that could be, you know, an upset for DePaul. Florida State travels to rival Miami in what should be a fine one down there in Coral Gables. And number three, Kansas travels to Austin, Texas to play the Longhorns. Again, I think Kansas is going to win that one by a lot. I mean, it's looking uh, to be a good game, but I don't think Texas has enough in them. Kansas is probably going to win by a lot with that defense and that, of course, exploding offense with Azubuki, of course, down low at the center. Colorado travels to Arizona, which should be a final one after upsetting Oregon this past week. And number nine, Oregon travels to Washington. And a great one, number 13, Louisville, on Saturday at 6 o'clock on ESPN, travels to Cameron Indoor Stadium, what should be the game of the day. That that game's going to be very, very competitive and very good as Duke, who has been, you know, struggling to win by a lot. I mean, they've been playing, um, I don't know, decent teams, but they haven't been winning by a lot like they usually do. So, see how they face against a Louisville team that wants to get back on a hot streak. As well as BYU, they traveled to Gonzaga, and probably one of Gonzaga's hardest games of the year is home versus BYU, which is just how it goes for them. And then next week, on Tuesday, the 21st, Butler travels to Villanova, number six in the nation, travels to uh, Villanova, who's number 16 in the nation, and what should be a good one, as well as Georgia traveling to number 14, Kentucky, who just upset Memphis last week. At home. And on the 22nd. Next Wednesday. Penn State. Travels to Michigan. Number 20. Versus number 19. At Ann Arbor. Should be another great game. So there's your outlook. For next week. As there's a lot of good ones. Across the nation. In all conferences. In, actually most con- Yeah. In all conferences. So. In all Power 5 conferences. We got good games. All next week. Remember Saturday is Duke. Louisville. And as well as. Penn State, Ohio State, and we got a couple good ones, as well as Dane and VCU, A-10 wise, when it comes to that on next Tuesday. Rhode Island has a tough week upcoming. They're, they're looking at a looking down the barrel of a road game at VCU, as well as a road game at a, a team that could be pesky at times, St. Joe's team. Rhode Island needs to take care of business at St. Joe's and hopefully upset the Rams. Which you know, if they don't, if they lose against the Rams, not the biggest deal, but be huge for the Rams, uh, URI Rams rather, if they can upset the VCU Rams on the road. We got a big week for Rhodey, big week for the A10. In fact, with that VCU Dayton game on Tuesday, I'm excited. Stay tuned for next Thursday's episode where we have to go over Rollins' game against LaSalle and more. And that's gonna wrap up this episode of Ballin' with B Show. As always, stay tuned and Rhodey, Rhodey, Rhodey.